Good evening, and welcome to A Closer Look. Inside Lehigh Valley Nonprofits, I'm your host, Laurie Hackett. And as you know, each month we come together to spend time on each program, getting to know volunteer leaders as well as nonprofit leaders in the Lehigh Valley. Through this program, which we've been doing for about a year and a half, we hear about so many different nonprofit organizations, what does it mean to volunteer, and most importantly for our listeners, how can they get involved? So we have a terrific show planned for tonight, so let's get started. Tonight, we are so pleased to welcome two guests who are making a real difference in our community through their involvement. And our first guest is with me now, and we are glad to welcome Carrie Beidelman. Carrie is a volunteer board member with Third Street Alliance for Women and Children. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Third Street Alliance has been active throughout the community for 100 years, and it's a name we know. But people may not really understand exactly what they do. So we're excited about spending some time. We know that Third Street is a human service agency housed in Easton. How did you get involved with Third Street? Well, in 2017, when I joined Crayola, they are a big proponent of community involvement and really urge management employees to look at boards or committees to give back to the community. That's inbred in our culture. Mm -hmm. And I worked through our HR department, and they gave me the opportunity. They presented this to me to work on the finance committee. They were looking for somebody at 3rd Street. So through meeting the executive director, Elise Barretta, they presented this opportunity in 2018, and I joined. And after about a year, uh, they had an opening on the board, and they asked me fil- to fulfill one more year of a, an opening of a three-year term, and I've been there ever since. Awesome. It's been, it's been a great, great experience. And we talk to a lot of volunteers who serve on boards because they like to fundraise or because they care about the arts. So you were a finance executive at Crayola, and you brought those skills to this board. Was that an easy transition, an easy thing for you to do? Yeah, really. It Being on the finance committee to start, they had a very diverse committee and with a lot of folks in profit, nonprofit, university, and myself in, in the private sector. And they had a really strong team. And then getting on the, the board itself, really seeing what was going on just doing a lot of amazing things. So the transition was really seamless. From the executive director down, the team is just outstanding to work with. Great. And I I know that Third Street Alliance has a mission to inspire and equip women, children, and families to live, learn, and thrive. They're located in that incredible mansion. I know on your website you talk about it's a mansion with a mission. Yeah, the Simon... Mansion is just tremendous, the architecture, etc. And there's just multiple services they're doing. They're doing both homeless service programs, everywhere from being the county coordinated point of entry to homeless shelter mm-hmm. to housing navigator where they help help folks with issues with tenants and stuff and work with w- try to place people in as the their reference to it. And they also work with rapid rehousing, which is HUD funded, which allows them to get assistance for six months with the community. And then secondly, which is even just as big of a need, they have a learning center for young children from six weeks to 13 years old. And uh, they just do a tremendous job there. 
And I know, Carrie, we recently had a chance to tour it. So thank you so much with the team there, with Beth and Lisa and you, and I appreciate it. And we saw the Learning Center, and we met some of the people there. And we know what's so unusual is there used to be a pool. Yeah, we're, we're really that. excited about that. So in 2022, mm-hmm. we kicked off a multi-million dollar project, so a million eight, to take the pool, which had not been in operation for a number of years, and reconstruct it into a classroom space to go from nine to 12 classrooms, some additional office space. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's been going very well. And we're going to be able to add 47 more children to the classrooms to expand that, as well as add seven or eight life-sustaining jobs in the local community for the teachers. So we're very, very excited about that. And that will be opening in September. Great. And I know when we were there, we talked to a couple of the teachers. And we learned that so many of the staff at Third Street Alliance stay that they they love the work environment. Do you have any thoughts about why? What is it about the culture that makes the staff? Well, when I was on the finance committee, they asked me to, to be on a committee to do the three-year strategic plan for mm-hmm. them. And there, a lot of interactions. We had a couple of day sessions working with the team. And it was actually eye-opening. And this was right before they asked me to be on the board. And these folks are just dedicated and like any organization, but it really just opened my eyes to what was happening and the great things transpiring within those four walls. It's tremendous. And I'm just proud to be a a little part of it. It, It's just tremendous. Well, and you know what's wonderful about what you're saying and for people who are thinking about getting involved with volunteering and maybe their finance is their expertise, but you've had the chance through that role and now on the board to learn even more about the programs. Yeah, it's definitely getting into volunteering. I have a little bit of a history. As my daughter was growing up, Mm -hmm. my wife and I wanted to give her an opportunity to see, see volunteer. So we went to the uh, Trinity Soup Kitchen on a Friday after Thanksgiving and volunteered on this kitchen and there was to serve to the homeless. And it was an eye-opening experience, not just for her, but for us, mm-hmm. knowing I'm from a small town in northern Carberry County, and you don't see as much of that. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And from there, I went to doing... Uh, down in Bucks County, where I reside, I volunteered at the Code Blue, which is an overnight shelter for homeless folks. And it just was a natural progression to when when this was opportunity came up, seeing the homeless and it dealt with women and children and such a need. Right. It really fit into what I wanted to get involved with and to try to contribute to the local community. So, and it's been great. So it sounds like volunteerism, giving back being generous with your time. It's just a value of your families. Correct. As a young child, uh, very involved in the local church stuff. And when I got out of high school, I actually volunteered and coached Little League Baseball for a number of years until I got married. Um, so I've been doing that, and it, and it all starts at the home. Absolutely. What about, I know you have a daughter. Have you seen this in her? Is she a volunteer? Yeah, she does a little bit. She's actually chosen a profession that I'm very proud of. She's just finishing up and going to be a behavioral specialist working with autistic children. She does that right now. She's just finishing her, her graduate degree. 
and the amazing things she's telling me and the feedback she's getting. I'm very proud of the profession she's because it's going to make a difference. And she's giving back through her work. For sure. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Definitely. Carrie, was there an example that you have through your many different volunteer roles that really has stayed with you? Maybe a moment where you were interacting or supporting someone that made you believe you're exactly where you should be? Yeah, I would say when, when I was working uh, overnight volunteering on Code Blue, mm-hmm. it's basically where they ha- house folks at a local church and give them food, showering, et cetera, et cetera. And there was a one time where a, a gentleman I th- had some difficulty getting back into both an apartment and a full-time job. And he came up to me, it was about midnight, and said, Carrie, by the way, I just got a job. I'm going to be able to stop living out of my car, and I'm going to have an apartment just down the road two miles from here. And he that was the proudest moment because i you get into conversations with these folks when they're there because mm-hmm. you just see so many different stories, a lot of the same storylines. But when you see a success story like that, mm-hmm. you feel like, hey, th- this does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, fabulous. Love that example. And that's why people come back. Correct. Because you realize I'm here to serve. If I could help that one person, it sounds like you've helped many, but you're right. That's what brings the meaning. Yeah, that was a big connection for me. So Crayola is such an amazing community supporter, collaborator, and they've encouraged you to get involved. Was there anything that you have learned from volunteering that you've been able to bring back to Crayola or to your work there? Yeah, it's really to listen to people, to understand issues. I mean, listening is a skill set that some folks don't have. And coming back and understanding the different circumstances that things could happen, both in your work life with my team and working cross-functionally in the organization, I think that's a underappreciated skill that you can have as both a person or a manager in a managerial role. I think that's really critical. And that's something that I've gotten better at Mm -hmm. over time. And, you know, there's always a reason why something happened or something transpired. And I think I'm better for that. And I think I brought that back to Crayola. And our culture there is everybody be heard, speak freely, openly. And it's it's just a uh, terrific trait that is within our company. Absolutely. So well said. And I know many of your colleagues and I see them out involved serving on other boards. So you can tell that that just is part of the higher purpose of Crayola to give yes, back. Yes. Crayola is, last year we gave over 10,000 hours of volunteering. Uh, we gave over a million dollars to the United Way of the Lehigh Valley, which is a huge accomplishment for our company. And very, we're very proud of that fact. And we're, we're definitely, we're everywhere in the mm-hmm. Valley. There's a Crayola employee volunteering. I mean, it's amazing the work that the company Absolutely. and the employees Absolutely, and do. we'd be remiss if we didn't say, and a lot of that comes with the inspiration and the enthusiasm and the support of Rich Worthley. Yes, terrific leader mm-hmm. of ours. Mm-hmm. And has re- we've gone above and beyond where we were four or five years ago before Rich joined us. Fantastic. So, yeah. He sets the great example for the organization. Such a delight to work with him. Carrie, what can our listeners do? How can they get involved to support Third Street Alliance for Women and Children? So there's a number of opportunities. You can join a board. You just reach out. And you can look on the website on thirdstreetalliance.org. There's a Ways to Help page. And if you want to volunteer for any event, you just can contact Melissa Campos 
at phone number 610-258-6271, extension 103, or you can email her at mcampos at thirdstreetalliance.org, and they can point you in the right direction. Actually, it's a good uh, segue. We, we have an event coming up in the next few weeks. It's their No Child Left Behind. It's a back-to-school event on August 19th that you can go on the website and you can donate uh, crayons, markers, any type of thing that we put in a backpack. And during that event, they have both handing out backpacks for children and give haircuts uh, for folks that are in need. And it's a big event, and there's plenty of opportunities to help organize it, distribute the backpacks, or even help direct folks as they come to the event. So that's up and coming, and I think it's a big one that uh, is very successful at Third Street. And I know there's a lot more details on the website as well. Correct, there are. Well, Carrie, thank you so much. My last question is this. You have been involved with your family. You've been involved since the beginning. If somebody's thinking about getting involved with a board, and maybe they have your skill set of being a finance exec or they bring some other things, what would you say to someone who's thinking, you know, I'd like to get involved? What would you say to them? I think the biggest thing is just give it a try. Mm-hmm. It, it can be any role you want to, but just give it – if you if you think, oh, I can fit here, everybody has a skill, right, or a gift to give. Just go and give it a try in a small way. And this is how I got involved, especially in some of the organizations I mentioned earlier. And you will benefit personally tenfold seeing the impact you have, even in the smallest way. It can be what I just mentioned, that that event or anything. But I think it's a great opportunity wherever you can present yourself. I, and people appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So well said that everybody has gifts. Yeah. Uh, I'm usually not on finance committees. Nobody ever invites me to be on those. But there are other areas that, again, we all bring, we all bring different. For sure. Well, thank you so much. Again, listeners, we were joined tonight by Carrie Beidelman. Carrie is a volunteer. He serves as a board member of the Third Street Alliance for Women and Children, which is located in Easton, Pennsylvania. Carrie, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And we'll be right back. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all the programming you hear possible. Becoming a WDIY member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure WDIY will be here for the next person in our community to discover. Make your membership gift today at 610-694-8100, extension 4, or wdiy.org. We couldn't be here without you. Welcome back to A Closer Look. For this show, we are thrilled to welcome a good friend of mine, a community leader, Diane Donaher. Diane is executive director of the K. Galgon Lifehouse. Welcome, Diane. Thanks, Laurie. So great to be here. We know that you really know this community well, and the role that K. Galgon Lifehouse plays in the community is such an important one. Let's mm-hmm. jump right in and get started. Tell us about the mission of K. Galgon, please. Absolutely. So started about four years ago. It was a break off from a nonprofit located in Reading to serve Lehigh Valley moms and babies. So our mission is to prepare pregnant women and mothers of infants for a life of self-reliance. So we have two programs that we offer. And I say programs because this is not like a drop-in center or an emergency shelter. The women that are clients of LifeHouse in both programs have 
expectations of them to do the work that it takes to move their journey forward. Mm -hmm. So our entire program is located on West Broad Street in Bethlehem. We've converted a former convent, such a great reuse of a building. You know, the sleeping rooms are on the top floor, and the common living space is, is on the second floor, and we do our outreach from the basement. So it's just a wonderful reuse of a building. And those programs are, we, we have a residential program. We house six women at a time, that are currently experiencing or facing homelessness. And they stay with us throughout their pregnancy and delivery, and then up to 12 months after the baby is born. Now, while they're in the program, our residential staff is providing really intense case management with each individual. They set financial goals. Um, maybe family reunification is a goal, or emotionally with, with counseling, and then we offer some life skills programming throughout the week. For example, Fulton Bank is providing a six-week financial wellness program. We have this wonderful volunteer who comes in weekly on Thursday, and she prepares a meal with the clients around the kitchen island. And she talks about nutrition and shopping, and then they eat the meal together. Now, this volunteer brings all the food herself. It's like watching Mary Poppins. She has this big basket, and she just keeps pulling out food. So people come to us and, and help using the skills that they have with our, with our clients. You know, I just want to tell you about another program. It's called Healthy Moms and Healthy Babies. It's an eight-week attachment-based intervention that aims to help moms bond with their children mm -hmm. and increase the quality of the mother-child relationship. Because often our residents don't have good role models. So it takes time and, and learning to go through that. And we certainly, we have a, a lactation consultant that volunteers. Um, breastfeeding is obviously a very personal choice, but for the health benefits and the fact that moms don't have to purchase formula, we really encourage them to consider it and provide support when they do. Diane, the programs that you speak of, the passion that you deliver, <laughs> what you just shared with all of us is so inspiring. And I've been there. Uh, the facility is beautiful, located in Bethlehem, and it is perfectly laid out. Well, how many people are there right now as we speak? Are there a lot of babies there? And, because everybody's wondering this, how do you get through your day? Don't you want to go play with those babies? I do. <laughs> and luckily, they're sitting, you know, around the with their moms. And um, if I want to go grab some more water, <sighs> I make sure I go out in the kitchen because there's someone there teething on something or pulling, you know, tugging at their mom's hair or just they're so loving and what a beautiful place. Um, and, and the moms are so supportive of each other mm -hmm. because they come there alone and they actually get to build relationships within. That's a really important part of the program, right? And I think people might not understand that it's a residential facility for moms who are pregnant and moms who are, have infants but you also do so much community outreach. Tell us a little bit more about that, please. Yeah, I would love to. So the second program we actually have is, is our community outreach program. And it's located in the basement of the building, which is great because there's a side entrance, so people can come and go out the side entrance. That's also where we receive all our donations, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute. So we invite pregnant women and mothers of infants to become clients and receive case management support as well and receive some free items for the mom and the babies. And this is every two weeks. So the mom visits with a case manager. 
identifies where they need help, everything from childcare to bus passes, even employment, and certainly housing. Many of them are struggling with just housing, paying their rent, and so forth. So whether it's a big issue or a small issue, we're, we're there to help. And so the majority of items are donated to stock our shelves. We provide diapers and pacifiers, bottles, and clothing size infant 2, 3T, and other items for babies, and then shampoo and personal and feminine care products for mom. So when the moms come for their case management every two weeks, they leave with a bag of kind of essential needs, and they've selected them. We have like a little checklist of things they can select from, so they leave with what they need, not just here, here's your stuff. In 2019, when we started, we saw 30 outreach clients a week. Today, we average 90 per week. It is just amazing what our our employees do for and with our clients. And the hard thing is that the need's increasing all the time with the cost of living. And we want to make sure that, that they have some of their basic needs met. And again, it's a program. It's not just, you know, drop in, give me my things. So moms have to show progress towards their goals. And they're eligible to also stay in the program until their children are 12 months old. We've got great success stories of moms securing childcare, a couple have started home businesses, and they just gain confidence because they have someone that will truly listen to them and and care about their journey. Gosh, thanks for sharing all of that. Your commitment, LifeHouse's commitment to helping moms and families really with economic empowerment and confidence is is really moving. You mentioned Fulton Bank is a friend and supporter. We talk a lot about collaboration on this program. Are there other agencies, are there other organizations that you collaborate with to be so successful? Absolutely. So Lehigh Valley Diaper Bank, for sure, does also help provide some of our diapers. But all of the, you know, some of the women have experienced domestic violence. So we collaborate with Turning Point Mm -hmm. and um, certainly New Bethany. Like we share clients sometimes, they come and go. So most of the local shelters we have been in touch with. Because you can't do this, we can't do this work alone. Correct. Your leadership at LifeHouse is really inspirational. I know you've been involved in other organizations also throughout the Lehigh Valley. One thing we love to talk about on this program is where else do you volunteer? So are there other examples, other experiences you've had as a volunteer throughout the Lehigh Valley that you could share with us? Sure. One of my favorite roles is I'm currently chair of the Humanitarian Social Innovations, HSI. And that's a fiscal sponsorship organization that really, when you see the depth of the work, it's truly amazing. So a fiscal sponsor allows programs in a community to do their work, but not have to set up an official 501c3. So, you know, we often hear in the community, oh, there's so many 501c3s. What this does is allow small programs or large um, to just say, look, we don't want to handle that part of it, do all the financial work, all the back room stuff. And so HSI has programs from Afghanistan to Africa, but also right around the corner. And it's something as simple as a woman wanted to do a book drive program and, again, needed donations. And you can't get a donation Mm -hmm. from a corporation or a tax write-off unless you're 501c3. So they basically come under our umbrella. Great. But the great thing is they can also choose to then become a 501c3. So they get to be under our umbrella for a year or two or three 
and learn. build there and then learn what mm-hmm. to do. And then they can start their own. Um, and we hope they do if they launch, you know, and they have the, the breadth to do that. Mm-hmm. But it also saves our community from having too many 501c3s just running around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any place else you volunteer? Um, my biggest volunteer activity um, is with Rotary. I'm a, I'm a member of the Bethlehem Rotary Club. I joined 33 years ago when women were finally allowed to be part of it. And so I've seen so much growth and change in that organization. That's been really exciting to see. I'm just starting a one-year term as a district governor to hopefully inspire and collaborate our 1,600 members and 45 clubs. I'll go out and speak with each of them. And, you know, Rotarians are people of action. They don't just talk about things. They go out and do them in their community, and then they're also connected around the world. So I'm very honored to serve them. Diane, I've known you uh, for a long time, and it's been lovely to have our long friendship, both personally and professionally. You are so mission-driven, and when you're in, you're all in. Where did that come from? Was there someone in your life who inspired you to be this incredible community leader and volunteer? Oh, it was really the work, believe it or not. So I mentioned Skills USA. I have to go back to it because I, that truly is where I gained my leadership and desire for service. So as a high school student, I attended a career in technical school in Quincy, Massachusetts. I was a culinary arts student. I can't cook very well, so my chef, <laughs> chef instructor would be very disappointed in me. But Skills USA was part of, of that school's curriculum. So I became a state officer. I got to travel the country at a very early age and make presentations and meet business and industry people. And, you know, sometimes we look at youth like, oh, you know, they're high school kids. Well, the impact that can be made for young, you know, young people through programming such as that. And I'm just thrilled because I then came here to Lehigh Valley after being the state director in Massachusetts. I came here to start a, a national business education partnership through Skills USA. And that was 33 years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm just so thrilled to see the organization through Andy Hammer's leadership now, how it's still progressing and impacting, you know, the future workforce every day. Mm-hmm. It's really so so it was that experience in Skills USA that I realized that uh, any you know, I could play an, a, a role in leading an organization at a very early age. Right. And that just led to laddered up to mm-hmm. so many other opportunities. Right. So Diane, how can our community, our listeners, get involved with K. Galgon Lifehouse? Oh, that's a great question. So the biggest need we have, because all of our items for our outreach program, you know, which has tripled, are donated. Mm-hmm. Um, this this month, actually, for the first time, we took a, a donation from someone who placed it in the needs file. So so we did actually end up having to purchase bulk for the first time. So we, what we'd love to do is have people conduct consumable materials drives to restock the shelves and get them uh, Consumable ready. materials, and give us some examples yeah. of what those are. So that's the diapers and the pacifiers okay. and the baby Great. lotion, towels, uh, washcloths, and then the clothing, certainly, the onesies and all of those things for the babies and then for the moms too. So mm-hmm. shampoo and deodorant and razor blades, uh, razors and um, things that moms need. Mm-hmm. So so that would be great. And it's it's wonderful because Paychecks in Allentown did a drive as a business. Uh, Agility Financial in Bethlehem did a drive. Many churches, uh, civic organizations, even college alumni groups like 
Notre Dame alumni. If you're Notre Dame alumni, you know uh, anyone can help conduct a drive. And we do have a list of the most uh, of the needs and posters and electronic templates to help you promote it. So just reach out to our office and we can help you set up a drive. And how would people, what's is, what's the website or phone number or a way to connect? Sure. It's it's basically kgalganlifehouse.org. And that's K with a C. C, correct. Mm-hmm. C-A-Y-G-A-L-G-O-N, Lifehouse. Great. Diane, just in closing, was there anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about or something you'd like to leave our listeners with about the work and the importance and the role that K. Galgon Lifehouse has in this community? We were talking the other day at a staff meeting because it's hard to understand how one gets in a situation of homelessness or your family you know, breaks up or... It's just, if you've not experienced it, it's very hard. And it's easy to be judgmental. It's easy to put them in categories. And I think the thing that I would want to leave with is it's life and things happen to people. And if not for having such availability, and we're breaking the cycle by having the moms there and having the babies and seeing, they now know how to raise that child what resources they need so they can do it so that hopefully their children uh, do not experience that. And and if anyone's ever seen the Netflix documentary series um, Made, M-A-I-D, mm-hmm. that's a perfect example because it may not be physical abuse. It may be emotional abuse, but it's financial. You're one paycheck away, and it happens for six months, and you're done. Wow. Thank you so much. And listeners, again, we are joined for this conversation by Diane Donaher. And Diane is the executive director of the K. Galgon Lifehouse that plays such an important role in our community for moms, for women who are pregnant, and women with young infants. So thanks so much again for being with us, Diane. Oh, it was a great pleasure, Lori. Thank you. Absolutely. Listeners, we appreciate the time that you took to be with us for tonight's program. We were lucky to be joined by Carrie Beidelman, volunteer board member of Third Street Alliance for Women and Children in Easton, and Diane Donaher, executive director of Kay Galgon Lifehouse. Be sure and tune in next Monday for more WDIY public affairs programming, and we really look forward to seeing you next time on A Closer Look. If you enjoyed this program, please go to the WDIY website or app to share or become a WDIY member.